0: Is your business protected against the threat of malicious litigation and frivolous lawsuits? Are you sinking company profits into marketing campaigns that do nothing to contribute to the growth of your business? Bottled Business Sense provides practical business perspectives that uniquely emphasize both legal and media marketing strategies to protect and ensure the longevity of your business. Whether you're trying to provide a startup business with some level of stability or an established business with foolproof asset and to state protection, or simply attempting to get a better return for your business marketing dollars, Bill Bernard and Rick Muscoso will expose potential pitfalls to ensure the security and growth of your business, free from unwanted expense and the threat of litigation. You'll learn how to implement marketing and protection tools equal to those used by today's most successful corporations.
1: Let's join Bill and Rick for today's bottled business Sense show.
0: Well, good morning, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. Happy Tuesday here at uh, 10 o'clock. And welcome to our live stream. Uh, If you are on Facebook or on YouTube watching this uh, episode today or this live stream today, welcome. If you're new to the uh, channel, uh, we want to welcome you as well. Uh, As we go through this uh, live stream uh, and you have any questions, please feel free to comment, uh, whether you're on Facebook or or YouTube, and we will uh, Uh, try and get to that towards the end of the show for any Q&A. So uh, with that, uh, I want to welcome everybody on the other side. Oh, by the way, I'm Rick Moscoso with Captivate365, one of the co-hosts of the Bottle Business Sense Show. And on the other side, we have uh, Mr. Bill Bernard, who is going to speak on the subject of uh, uh, surrounding trust. So we're going to continue that discussion. We've talked about this many times before. But uh, I'll let Bill get into that when we uh, start uh, discussing that subject matter. But uh, uh want to welcome Bill to the live stream. How you doing, <laughs> thank, Bill? Thank,
1: thank you. I was wondering if I was going get, to uh, get an identification there of who I was going to be talking to. But uh, uh, Rick is here today, and uh, he's live and well. I, I know that. Thank you, Rick yeah hey guys uh, i'm glad uh, I'm glad you're with us uh, and uh, happy Tuesday and good health in this uh, troubling times that we're we're operating under. Today we're going to talk about myths uh, about living trust myths, myths that have been going around about living trusts that you probably need to have uh, a little bit of a handle on. and and some of it will be a recap of, of stuff that we've talked about before, but that's that's just natural. It's a natural lead-in. Um, because we want to uh, emphasize that living trusts uh, distribute property according to the grantor's wishes. The grantor being the creator of the trust, also being also can be called the settlor. So anybody called the grantor, the settlor, or the creator is the person who actually creates the trust for the benefit of certain beneficiaries. Um, and there's a couple principal things that uh we all know that a trust avoids and so i'm gonna test rick's uh uh i'm gonna test rick rick's acumen here and ask him rick can you tell us (laughs) at least one of two things that a trust goes to protecting well hey i can i can even come up with two bill
0: wow surprisingly enough
1: (laughs) let's hear it
0: yeah well first of all i think you've taught me very well that it ensures your privacy uh but more importantly it helps us uh to avoid probate that ugly p word right
1: yeah the uh, the nightmare the probate nightmare as i call it um it allows for a fast easy distribution to your beneficiaries why because a trust is a private contract it never gets exposed to the public when you have a will and you pass away, that will must be probated and in order to do that you have to file it with the court. It then becomes a matter of public record and anybody can investigate it or look it up and find out what it's all about. So uh, that's important. Um, a revocable trust is called a revocable trust because it can be changed at any time during the life of the grantor. Uh, it's, it's revocable. So you can revoke it or you can amend it or you can restate it. The difference being if you amend it, it's usually something that you want to change in the trust of a minor or immaterial nature sometimes uh, or of a material nature, but just a very specific area. A restatement is when you have a a number of different changes you want to make. And so you want to update it, you want to restate it uh see an attorney for that because uh that can get uh, a little bit tricky because the trust has to be named specifically the way it was named originally when it's restated because if it isn't then uh your trust won't be funded uh so let's take myth number one that living trusts are generally for the wealthy uh i that couldn't be further from the truth because uh if you have something of value, excuse me, that's uh, more than $166,000, let's say, in value, which most people's homes are, if they, if they own a home, uh, then you're going to want to uh, generally get a living trust because uh, otherwise, it's going to go to probate court. And uh, Living trusts are not expensive. When you uh, go to my website, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but uh, you don't have to be wealthy to have a living trust, and you shouldn't uh, uh, rely on on, on an accumulated wealth to have a living trust. You shouldn't use that as a benchmark as long as you have something of value that's at least $166,000 or, or more, because at the $166,000 or less level, uh, approximately, then uh, you, ha- you could do a short-form probate, and it's still a probate, but it's a lot shorter, a lot more convenient, and a lot more expeditious than a full-on probate would be. Myth number two, that uh, living trusts are only for beneficiaries and not grantors. That's a myth, because a, grant- a living trust can allow for the, easily handling- a- the easier handling of a grantor's estate should the grantor become incapacitated, for example. And there's something I want to be very specific about here. A living trust comes into focus when you're alive, obviously, and then passes on your assets to the beneficiaries when you pass. A power of attorney, which is part of my living trust package, a power of attorney for assets, allows someone to step in and control your estate While you're still alive, but while you're incapacitated, Uh, once you pass, a power of attorney for assets is valueless and the living trust controls by way of your successor trustee. However, while you're alive, living trusts can benefit grantors because they provide for very specific uh, potential that you can exercise while you're alive. For example, you might have an LLC that's in in a living trust and while you're alive you can manage that LLC and you can draw out a salary from that LLC as the LLC's manager while the living trust is still uh, protected from probate by way of that living trust. So uh, a living trust will provide for the passing of the units that you own of that LLC while also allowing the, uh, the grantor or creator of the trust to take advantage of, of, that, of that privacy and that protection from probate while also receiving wealth from that LLC. And that's just one of several ways that you can use a living trust to benefit a grantor. So remember that living trusts are not just for your beneficiaries. Uh, you can get creative and make it for your grantors as well. The benefits uh, apply to your grantors. And if you, if you create an irrevocable trust, that's, that's a whole new ballgame. And uh, if you create a, uh, a protection trust, then that could really benefit uh, the creator of the trust while he or she is alive. Uh, because the property is now owned by the trust and it's a means to manage and accumulate wealth without having any liability attached to it. That's a whole different uh, ball game. And uh, we'll, we have attacked that on a different show and we'll update that on, on coming shows. Anyway, myth number three, that grantors can't access funds once the funds are in the trust, once the trust is funded. Of course, that's false. Uh, if you want to use the trust primarily for your benefit, you can set it up so that everything is accessible until your death. Conversely, you can make funds inaccessible to those you don't want to have access to funds during your lifetime. There's all kinds of way to get ways to get creative with a trust. That's why, folks, based on your circumstances, that's why you need to see an attorney. This do-it-yourself stuff is garbage. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, hey, so Bill, let, me, let me let yeah, me ask Rick. you something. So as
0: because Should- your estate gets more complex and uh, maybe you're a business owner, you own a couple of businesses. Um, for those that are relatively new or interested in setting something up like this, would it, the trust supersede all those as- business assets that you have? Well, when you say supersede, the... Well, I mean, does it over, overlook? Does it you know cover um, any directives that are within uh, an LLC or a, yeah, a C Corp? Or-
1: The short answer is the business entity that you develop will govern the operation of that business. When it comes to protection of your personal assets, again, that business will protect your personal assets, assuming you run the business according to legal standards. When you put that business in a trust, uh, the trust only protects that business by way of it passing to whoever you want it to pass to upon your death. It, does, it provides for protection against probate, but it doesn't provide any extra protection for your personal assets or your business assets unless that business is placed in an irrevocable trust at which time the irrevocable trust owns the business as opposed to you. You see, when you place a business in a revocable trust, you still own that business. Okay. And so you rely on the business to protect your personal assets. When you place the business in a in a irrevocable trust, the business protects personal assets. But then, the the business itself is also a hap, uh, protected by a dual layer of protection by way of the irrevocable trust, because now the irrevocable trust owns the business. You no longer own it. So 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 picture this: in order for that business to be sued the trust that now owns the business would have to do something wrong. If you have a business in a revocable trust, you could still be sued if the business done something wrong because you own the business, but the business limits the recovery to the business assets, not your personal assets. Right. It, it gets a little complicated, but not really when you, when you go over that with a fine tooth comb. That's why, again, you need to see a lawyer when you do this stuff because it's very, very logical in its sequence, and you just need to know what your goals are before you decide what kind of a trust you're going to have and even what kind of a business you're going to have, okay?
0: Yep. thanks for clarifying.
1: Yeah. Myth number four, that living trusts always avoid probate entirely. Now, this kind of flies in the face of what we were saying before, uh, but I still stand by that, that living trusts avoid the probate nightmare. Here's the uh, Here's a little tweak to that. Um, You need experienced professionals to help you with your trust, because if the assets that you want to fund your trust with are not placed in the trust and they're forgotten about, then they go through the probate process. So that's the little tweak. Now, you have what's called a pour-over will that goes with your living trust package, that includes the power of attorney for assets and the power of attorney for healthcare and and, and that stuff. So the li- the pour over will is different from a standard will, a standalone will, because the pour over will ties into and is referenced in the living trust. And how it works is if you have, let's say, you have two or three properties and you forget to put one in the trust, you pass away, your attorney or the executor of the estate can go in and petition the court to have the property you forgot about pour over into that trust by arguing that you meant to put it in the trust just like you did all your other properties, but that you simply forgot. and That can create a much shorter passage of time to get that property into the trust and avoid probate, but short of something like that, whatever assets you forget to put in your trust now become unfunded. and that requires the probate process. So it's a myth to say that living trusts always avoid probate entirely because you might forget to put something in your trust. You might forget to fund it with a particular asset and then you uh, you may be subject to the probate nightmare after all. And the last myth I want to talk about is the is the fact that creating a living trust is complicated and expensive. Well, it's complicated But it's not complicated if you get an attorney to do it. And it's not expensive if you go to PYE365.com. Yeah, this is a plug, but hey, uh, go out there and find me an attorney who's going to provide you with his professional services, who's going to provide you with a living trust for you and your family, uh, a a power of attorney for assets for you and your wife or your family, a power of attorney for health care, Healthcare directive, a uh, pour-over will for you and your wife, or you and your loved one, or your or your uh, specific partner, uh, a declaration of trust, all of the necessary instructions and identification by way of paragraph as to what each paragraph of the trust uh, means, and a deed to transfer your property from your personal name into your living trust. Go find that for 1599 and if you do, I'd, I'd go with that person. Assuming you check that person out on the state bar, you check that person out on the web, here, her, uh, his or her website, read reviews about that person on any professional websites that he or she may belong to. that's the stuff you got to do. And when you do that, the trust all of a sudden uh, is not complicated. It may still be expensive, but it may not if you get a good price on it, and that's going to have to be negotiated between you and the lawyer. So It is a falsehood that living trusts are complicated, certainly not if you use a lawyer, and it is a falsehood that they're expensive because if you go to PYE365.com, which is Protect Your Estate 365, you're going to find that you get everything, not just a trust, and you're going to find it's very reasonable. There's also
0: uh, a whole host of educational tools and resources on there that you can uh, certainly uh, learn from. Uh, Bill was gracious enough to educate those that are interested in uh, creating a trust and all the all the considerations around that. So go to the website because uh, there's a lot of learning tools on there that you can benefit from.
1: Yeah, thanks for that, Rick. There's There's two ways you can approach it. You can watch videos, very short videos to the point on various topics involving estate planning. And then you can go to a drop-down box where specific questions are asked, and uh, you click on that question, and it drops down, and you get a response to your question. So feel free to do that. Uh, Now I want to just close the show by talking about getting ready to set up a living trust. Now that you've got the straight scoop here on living trusts. If you're ready to move forward and make the process go even more smoothly than uh, it would it would normally go, make sure you gather the following information. Make a list of all the assets that you want to include in your living trust. Remember if you have a 401k, if you have an insurance policy or if you have an IRA, you can exclude those from the trust because they have their own specific beneficiaries attached to them, unless you want to name the trust as the beneficiary. Then you can put those in your living trust, because then whatever uh, is left in those vehicles are distributed evenly to whoever you want to distribute them to as named beneficiaries in the trust. Otherwise, you have those vehicles as having specific beneficiaries themselves, and they don't need to be included in the trust. But all of your other personal assets should be gathered together Uh, so you can uh, transfer them into the trust. Uh, Make sure you know who you would like to receive these assets upon your death. That's number two. Number three, make sure, this is extremely important, you name a successor trustee to step in when you and your spouse uh, or a loved one die, because that's critical. That's the person who takes over the distribution of the estate the administration of the estate, if you will, and make sure you have more than one successor trustee. I usually like to have at least three. uh, And you can always also name a company like an insurance company or a bank or something like that if you want to. So uh, you need to know those three things and make sure that minor children who would be inheriting through the trust uh, that you have the option to name someone to manage those assets uh, until they reach the age of majority, and that, of course, could be your successor trustee. So, make sure you do those things in planning to uh, contact us at PYE365 uh, or whatever other attorney you choose to retain. Get those things together and make sure you have those things ready. So bingo, you can fill out the, uh, the, the asset sheet that we provide and uh, name these things quickly. You just can fill it out online on my site, or you can print it out and email it to me. Otherwise, if you fill it out online, you fill it out, you click on it, it goes right to my mailbox, and bingo, we can get started. So I hope that's been a a good refresher for you guys, and I hope you take advantage of it. Uh, You know, I I can't stress enough how important it is to have an estate plan uh, and to provide for your loved ones efficiently and in a timely fashion without that probate nightmare. That's it, Rick. Yeah, that's great. Um, You know, we've we've talked about
0: this uh, subject in the past. And for those of you who may have missed that, you can always go back to our YouTube channel or our uh, Bottle Business Sense show website and look at uh, the previous episode. have We have six years of uh, of resources on there that we've that we've delivered via video, via live stream for free. And uh, it's a it's an incredible resource when even when I look back at it, uh, there's a ton of knowledge base that came out of Bill's head and onto (laughs) the World Wide Web for all of us, uh, (laughs) uh, as well as some uh, some uh, various marketing topics. But um, go go to the website and just uh, keyword uh, trust. Uh, There's a bunch of videos that you can go back and and review. So And and by the
1: way, when you go back and review, you know, things change, laws get updated. When you review a particular topic, make sure you put in the keywords so you can see if we have any updates on that topic, uh, and then you can watch both videos and get a real full blast, uh, you know, education about it. Because uh, things do change, and obviously you can't go back and change a video. You got to update it by by making a new video and making sure that topic is current. And uh, there's a few here and there that uh, that have happened in that in that way. So make sure you look at that and. Uh, you'll be good to go. Uh I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Free advice is it's it's really not excuse me, it's not establishing an attorney client relationship by any means, but it's but it's free. It's a free education that allows you to then go and determine if if whatever be, you're being told is for you and allows you to investigate it in more detail and apply it to your specific circumstances because it can't be legal advice uh, as it is now because these videos apply generally and we don't know what your own specific circumstances are. So take advantage of it and then use it as a stepping stool and go from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions uh, for Bill, go ahead and reach out to him. Here's his contact information on the screen. Bill at WFC. Uh, I'm sorry, WFB Legal Consulting dot com. And of course, his phone number or you can reach him at any of the social platforms on Facebook, Twitter, um, uh, LinkedIn, or uh, YouTube. So reach out to Bill yep. if you have more specific uh, questions and want to discuss your particular situation and um, uh, with him privately. So reach out to him and uh, start that. This- so, Yep, Bill. Thank you again for uh, uh, the great education uh, we got today about uh, trust. And as that continues, uh, we'll be back again in a couple weeks. Um, I can't remember the name of the oh I think
1: okay. I, yeah, I think we'll be talking about husband wife LLCs, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. so okay. uh,
0: join us in a couple weeks. That would be July Tuesday at 10 a.m July 28th, and we're going to talk about that subject matter. so uh, once again, Bill, thanks for your expertise.
1: We look forward to seeing uh, our followers again in a couple weeks. No problem, thank you, Rick, and thank you guys, and have a prosperous week. take care everybody. All right, take care. Thank <laughs> you.